I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is the chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help Let what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Paulie Sibili, I'm Stephen Fonte. As we welcome you into a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. A lot to get to on the show today. Pete Caldera, Yankees beat writer from USA Today, joining us at 12.15. Brad Klein, 12.30, one of the hosts of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. 1 o'clock, good friend of ours, Dave Ryan, with Westwood One. He'll join us uh, to talk about the college lacrosse Final Four. He'll be on the call this weekend. I got a question for him, and I've always wanted to ask this, and I don't know why I haven't. I bump into him at football. He does bowling, and I just want to get bowling stories, like, and I want to get like how he how he ended up like the voice of bowling. Well, we can ask him. Yeah. You can ask him. Yeah, I, can, I look forward to it. Coming up, uh, he's at one o'clock, and then we'll have Jim Glavin on with us at one thirty. We had him on last year. Uh, when they started up this uh, charity golf event uh, to benefit the Marcus Paul Foundation, uh, they're doing it again uh, over at Tuscarora. It's coming up here uh, in a couple of weeks, so we'll uh, we'll hear from Jim Glavin about uh, that event. Plus, we'll take your phone calls at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. And listen, it, it's just kind of it's got to be said off the top, Paulie. Um, we're dealing with a lot of really really serious news in our country. Um, we're going to try to be an escape today. We talked a lot about it, certainly on the news last night. Bridge Street this morning, we spent a lot of time uh, on the shooting yesterday down in Texas. Um, so, you know, we we recognize that's going on, and I think everybody is affected in their own way. Um, I said this on the show today. Like, I don't pretend to say I'm affected anymore because I'm a parent, but I am a parent, and what happened yesterday is heartbreaking. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but we're going to try to be an escape for the next two hours. We're going to talk about some sports. We're going to talk about some things that don't matter in the yeah, grand scheme of things. Right. Um, so I, just with that being said, you know, I, I know everybody's kind of going into today with a heavy heart and for good reason. Um, but we're going to try to try to be a diversion, I guess, Paulie, for the next couple of hours. Yeah, and I'm not going to get into like what happened and everything. But there, the the one thing I took away from yesterday is I think, like. What we do for a living, we're kind, we kind of have to, but social media is just a toxic. It's just a toxic place, and I had to shut it off last night. And even, like, I was watching it, and even in sports, it's toxic. Yes, it, it, yes. Like, it, it just people are horrible to, to, you know, like, I catch my, like, I tweet, I just blurt out things negatively about sports teams all the time and I do it and it's it's just it's just a terrible thing like I I want to go back to my childhood when you know I reminisce like things like this didn't happen and there wasn't a just a place where everybody could be heard and seen yeah and, and I yeah so I and I want to be an escape for people like I hate when I turn on sports shows and they're 
they're telling me what I should think and how I should think. Everybody handles things in their own way, and I want to be an escape. And if you're if you're trying to get away from it, we'll we'll talk about you know something that doesn't matter, like a, a quarterback transferring to Syracuse or yeah. baseball cards or bowling. You're right. You know, so hopefully and, we can uh, we can uh, help help you get through it a little bit. Yeah, and you're right. None of that does matter, but it is what we're talking about today in, in the sports world and in the Syracuse sports community. You're talking about another new quarterback who was transferred into the program, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, uh, who grew up in in the Texas area. Uh, our good friend Sal Manin called me yesterday when this kid uh, announced he was coming here, and he said, I've got high school video of this kid playing. You want it? I was like, absolutely. Um, went to Florida. Uh, you went to high school where uh, Trevor Lawrence went. Is that right? Yeah, it's according to uh, Syracuse.com. There you go. Um, so he went to Florida, redshirted. He's got four years of eligibility left, and here he comes to Syracuse, dual threat guy. Um, another quarterback with a nice pedigree. Like you look at his resume, you look at the schools that were after him coming out of high school, and it's impressive. But we've been down this road before, right? Tommy DeVito had a list of impressive schools after him. Uh, Garrett Schrader played at an SEC school. Dan Valari uh, was at Michigan. Yeah. Um, now you got a kid coming from Florida. What do you make of this uh, whole situation, Paulie? I don't know, Steve. I felt like you would hope at this point they had it figured out, right? They have enough quarterbacks, you know. Well, they've got options. Yeah, and- but they have the options, Steve, but it kind of makes me – think that they're not confident with their options still, right? Yeah. Um that's what it says to me. Because if you were if you were sold on if you were sold on your quarterback for the next couple of years, you're not going out and bringing in all these different transfers. What did we say when Garrett Schrader transferred to Syracuse? He's not coming here to sit. Right. He's coming here to play. And I kind of put this kid in the same Book, right? He just redshirted at an SEC school. Like at least with Schrader, they moved him to wide receiver because they didn't think he could do it. This kid just redshirted and there was better players ahead of him. Right? So I think this kid probably's coming here thinking he's gonna play, right? Yeah, again, you don't come here unless you think you're gonna play, right? It, it's it's really any sport. The same goes for basketball. You transfer here. Why did they have such a hard time finding a backup center? Because you you transfer in with the hopes and the expectation that you're going to play. And obviously in football, there's only one quarterback that's playing at a time. But that means the coaching staff told him he could play, right? He may, you know, not that he will, but he could. The fact that he's got four years of eligibility left doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play this year. But I think, listen, Dino Babers knows the deal right now. I mean, it's why he changed his offensive coordinator and, you know, it made some changes on the staff, bringing in a new quarterbacks coach. He knows he needs to win and win now. And you got to figure out the quarterback position. And based on what they saw out of Garrett Schrader last year, like he did some good things when he first took over the job, did some good things. He couldn't throw the ball down the field. We saw that time and time again. They got to figure out the quarterback position, which is why they've brought in a few transfers. And I, and, and that's what it tells me. What what we saw yesterday tells me they don't feel great about the quarterbacks they have here. Right. And if you just transferred in, you're probably like, "What the hell?" 
Yeah. You know? And there's another one. Yeah. Um, may the best man win. And again, from a coaching perspective, it's good to have options. Um, but you're right. From uh from that quarterback room perspective, what you know, what are those guys thinking? What's Justin Lamson thinking? What's Dan Villari well, Lamson's thinking? Lamson's hurt, right? Yeah. And the other thing, if you transferred it, the one thing Syracuse has going for it is they've kind of they've got prisoners because the, the the other quarterbacks already transferred in. Yeah. You can't. Where are you going, kid? <laughs> You're stuck. We got you. Prisoner. <laughs> I don't know if I would look at it like that. I understand the point. Well, they're locked in. You've already hit. You the can't portal. get out. Right. You've already You're hit an the Alcatraz. Portal. Right. You're the you're in the Alcatraz. Well, you better win the job then. Yeah, right. Go win the job. Yeah, right. So it, I mean, that's what it signals to me. But it's, it's great to have options. And again, on paper, this kid looks great. Uh, you know, Florida State was after him. Louisville, Miami, Michigan, Ole Miss. You know, all, all after him. Uh, went to that elite camp that uh, that Tommy DeVito went to that we that we heard so much about. Um, so he's got the credentials. Can he come in and play quarterback? They need one of these guys to hit. Like they don't yeah. need they don't need five of them to be good. They don't need three of them to be good. They need one of them to be really, really good. And hopefully, you know, this this is this is the answer. Yeah. I don't know. What are they gonna do? Like is this kid the answer? I I have no idea, Paulie. Never seen him play, other than the video that it Sal sent me last night. It kind of makes me think that they don't have an answer right now, and they're still scrambling. Well, yeah, right. They're trying but to find an answer. It also makes you feel good that a kid with these credentials picked Syracuse, right? You know, you talk about winning the offseason a lot. I feel like this is winning the offseason again. You got a, you know, a, an elite quarterback that transferred here for the third time. Yeah, in just, the past just, two years. Just to set the record straight. I don't talk about winning the offseason a lot, but yes, that topic has come I up. I feel like every year we talk about Syracuse. Syracuse has won a lot of off-seasons in the past few years. This one has been a good one. And if this kid t- turns out to be the answer, then it was a great one. And he's he's here for four years. Right. So he's got four years of eligibility left. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's the starter game one this year. But, well, they can't mess around like they did last year, right? Right. You got no. You don't have time. You got to no. put the best option and, in. And you look at the schedule, and we've talked about this before. Like you, you better get off to a good start this year if you have any chance at a bowl game. The the wins, the the most likely wins on your schedule are all at the beginning. Do you throw a kid to the wolves though? Like I always look back on Joe Fields. <laughs> Remember yes. when he came in and he went the to Purdue, Purdue game, game and he and just got, got he got smashed. ruined. Yeah, yeah, he got ruined and he was done. Right. Um, again, you, you got to hit the ground running. Louisville, UConn, Purdue, Virginia, Wagner. Your first five games, and we've discussed this before. You got to be like four and one right. to give yourself a chance, a legitimate chance, because then Murderers Row hits with NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh. You're talking about all most likely top twenty teams. Four in a row after that, you know. And then after that stretch, Florida State, Wake, BC, you got three toss-up games towards the end of the season. If you've only got four and you're, you know, if, you, if you're four and one going into that stretch, you, you know, you're, you're going to have to probably steal two toss-up games at the end of the year to get uh, to get a bowl game. We've talked about that at length. So you're right. They don't have the, the luxury of messing around. They got to figure out their starter. Again, the good thing is you got a new offensive coordinator, so... I don't know how far behind. He obviously wasn't here for spring practice. That's a shame. But I don't know how far behind necessarily he will be going into the offseason because there's a new offensive coordinator here. It's going to be – is this going to be one of those things where 
Dino has all the quarterbacks in the huddle on the opening day, and one of them runs, runs out. out out of the field, <laughs> like, or maybe three of them run out, and you don't know who this ball is <laughs> going to be snapped to. Strangers in a wideout. <laughs> he does have that in his arsenal. He does have that in his arsenal. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go to our first break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk Yankees baseball with Pete Caldera. Uh, but Brad Klein coming on at 12.30 from the Locked On Syracuse podcast. We'll talk more with him about this new quarterback. Plus, we'll take your phone calls as the show moves along. You're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> This is Orange Nation. Yeah. No, this is Steve. We're still in the new bump. This is not, uh, late 80s R&B, bro. Uh, who, uh, I, Johnny Kemp. That I, I just got paid. I, I was going to say Johnny Friday Gill, but I, I knew it wasn't Gill. So I, but yes, that's Johnny right. Gill did rub you the right yes, way. Yes. Nobody wants to hear us talk about that. All right, well, without further ado then, let's get to our next guest. Uh, Brad Klein joining us here from the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Brad, always great to talk to you. How are things? Oh, things are good, guys. I'm digging the bump. So, fun fact about me, I'm the only 22-year-old ever born in the 80s right now. (laughs) Uh, So... So I'm uh, I'm digging it. I love it. I love it. Um, you can appreciate our music. Hey, um, I host a show called Total Eclipse of the '80s on Sunny 102. You should from have them on sometime. 10. Yeah, you guys. Uh, if you ever uh, want to hear out. some of the classics, pretending like I don't know that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. We booked you because we want to talk uh, Q's football and we want to talk about this this latest transfer. Uh, so, what can you tell us about Carlos Del Rio Wilson? Well, I feel like the first question on everyone's mind when they hear, okay, Syracuse got a new quarterback, is, is he going to play? And the answer is yeah. So it's a big deal that they get a guy from the SEC, four-star, and I feel like that's been the rub on Dino Babers since basically 2016. He was brought in to be a player's coach and thus a recruiting coach. And the crown jewel right now of his recruiting era is Tommy DeVito, let's get real, and you see how that panned out. So he needed another, another big splash, and it couldn't have come at a better time just a couple of weeks after Justin Lampson's injury. I think he's the backup quarterback instantly. I got a question for you. We saw all the big-name schools that were on him out of out of high school. Do you know who was on him, in, who Syracuse beat to get him as a transfer? Yeah, you're looking at the likes of Maryland. I know some other small schools like Troy were in there and Georgia State, but I think the big two were Virginia and Maryland, and he comes to Syracuse. And it's funny because he comes to Syracuse two weeks after the initial call. All of this happened so quickly, and it's not a coincidence that it happens basically in tune with the Justin Lampson injury. Dino Babers recognizing there is a gaping hole in that quarterback room, and with the way Garrett Trader plays as a run-first quarterback, you can never be too safe. Yeah, I mean, you said you said gaping hole, and and I that's kind of what I took from this whole thing is that they're just not a hundred percent sold on the quarterbacks they have. Why, why else would they go out and get another one? So you've got Trader, you bring in Dan Valari from Michigan. Um, is, what does this say? What does this move say, Brad? In your mind about the other guys? That, that they already have here? It's not really a knot of confidence, I guess. I, mean, I think 
it's funny because Jacoby and Morgan, I feel like, has proven enough that he is a backup quarterback in the ACC. Now, if you want to say that that's a low bar, fine, you can argue that. But I think he's done enough to be QB2. But this isn't about QB2. This isn't about next year. This is about the year after, when Sean Tucker goes to the NFL and the offense has to reinvent itself. Do you really think that? You don't think that like he's the backup? Do you not take the impression that maybe the new coaches aren't impressed with Garrett Schrader's arm like most of us weren't? down the stretch and he, he it's, could roll it's in. really hard to be impressed with Garrett Schrader's arm. I mean, this is the worst, just statistically speaking, worst passing offense in the conference last year. Uh, I think that this is a move for the future and for the present. Again, I think he's QB two. I think that he is better than Jacoby and Morgan. And I think he's better than Dan Valari. And that is instant help. But you look down the line, and right now it's not a secret, this offense is Sean Tucker. He's going to get the ball on first, second, and third down. And the thing that made Garrett Schrader so great, and the thing that allowed him to beat Tommy DeVito for the starting job, not a small feat, by the way, because of how committed Dino was to DeVito, was that RPO was the best option in the conference last year. I don't even think that's a bold take because Schrader was an uber-capable runner. Sean Tucker, you can make the argument, best runner in the country. And then there's this small threat that maybe Garrett Schrader throws the ball. So you really have to account for all three legitimate viable options, whereas a lot of other options, uh, duos, I should say, in the conference, you didn't have that equal threat. All right, so you got a new offensive coordinator in. Um, obviously, the other guys had the benefit of going through spring practice with Robert and I. Uh, Carlos Del Rio Wilson d- did not have that benefit. In your mind, Brad, h- how much of a disadvantage is he at coming here? You know, a little bit later than than the other guys. It's a disadvantage, but you have to also look at what he's up against, right? So Jacoby and Morgan, fine, he's been here, he's been in the program. Dan Valari did have spring practice, but. Outside of that, he's new to the program, too. So I don't know if that necessarily matters. And at the end of the day, players are going to play, right? And I think Del Rio Wilson has more ability than, I mean, he certainly has a better arm than Valari. And I don't think it's crazy to think that he has a better arm than Morgan. And he's young, too. So I think Syracuse, and let's not, let's not forget, Syracuse will not be competing for an ACC championship this year. So, uh, God forbid, Garrett Schrader goes down. It might behoove Dino Babers to build for the future on the fly. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dino's got to win now, though, and we know that. And I guess so with that being said, and this, this news aside, what, what is your, your feeling about this year's team and whether or not they can get to that that bowl game, get to six wins, obviously came up a sh- you know short by a game a year ago. Schedule's more difficult this year. I think we would all agree on that. Uh, what kind of percent chance do you give them of, of getting to six wins? Uh, that's, that's tough. I don't think they're getting the six wins. I'll give them a 25% chance of getting there, which I feel like is actually considerably low. My biggest dig on this team is the coach. And, and I like Dino. I think he's a pretty good coach until you get to November. And he is 5-15 and 15 in the month of November as the head coach of Syracuse football. That is garbage. And that's when you need to start winning. You mentioned they came up one win short last year. Gee, I wonder why they went 0-3 when the leaves turned. So that's a problem. And I don't know if a backup quarterback from UF is going to change that instantly. You mentioned the schedule is a little bit more difficult. So 
I have no reason to believe that this team is going to be one win better. That being said, in terms of the X's and O's, I'm excited for the defense. Michael Jones coming back. The linebacking core might be the best in the conference. The DBs are exciting. And you look at the offense, I actually like what they have on the offensive end with Schrader at, the, at that QB because, again, that option is elite, and Sean Tucker is just so darn fun to watch. You know, you mentioned the, the record in November. I, I think the biggest reason for that is is injuries and lack of depth, right? Because everybody has injuries. But because Syracuse lacks depth, the injuries seem to affect them, and they don't, you know, there is there is a gap between their ones and twos, whereas, you know, Clemson, not so much, right? I mean, um, I, I do think that's a big reason for that is that they just, they've got to build the depth back up, and, I you know, they, they haven't really been able to do that to this point. No, they haven't, and that comes back to recruiting, right? Let's Let's be honest. Dino Babers has not held up his end of the bargain on the recruiting trail. He just hasn't. And I think a lot of Syracuse fans out there are sick and tired of praying, crossing their fingers, that a three-star is going to outperform a four-star on the field when they play the likes of Clemson or even Florida State from a couple of years back. And, and they've done that a few times, especially in the secondary. Deuce Chestnut looking really good. Andre Sisco was a leading. He was never a three-star when he got on the field, right? So it's happened before, but you can't be continuously hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah, that's fair point. Uh, fair point. All right, uh, Brad, great stuff. Thanks for coming. Any, anything else, Paulie? No, no? I'm good. All right, Brad. Uh, appreciate Total you coming in the 80s, Brad. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> never going to give you up or let you down, guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, Brad. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you can uh, hear Brad on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Uh, another former student of mine, by the way. How did he do in the grade? Well, that's, don't go anywhere. How do you? How, how yeah, the Brad did very well how did in the Brad, class. I was a bad student. I was terrible. Was, was your grade fair, though? <laughs> I mean, I kind of got an incomplete. I had to leave a little bit early. I, I went on a, a basically a, a trip to Israel sponsored by the university. So I was a bad student, but I was nice when I was there. How's he, that? He, I, I did not assign him a grade because he, he withdrew <laughs> on his own accord. Um, yes. But he, he transferred out. He didn't, he didn't like the coach. <laughs> yeah, right. The best W I've ever received. <laughs> yes, there you go. He hit the portal. Uh, but he was, he was a very good student. Brad, uh, pleasure to talk with you. Uh, we'll and take... I was rejected from UF, so the portal kinder to the newest Syracuse football quarterback than it was for me. Yeah, well, now you now you can just <laughs> prove them wrong for the rest of your life, you know? That's right, that's right. Um, all right, we'll take a time out here. Phone line's back open if you want to check in. 315-437-7644. Dave Ryan set to join us 1 o'clock. Jim Glavin at one thirty to tell us about the Marcus Paul charity golf event coming up here. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. Ooh. You, Steve's not going to like this one. I like this one. Eagle Eye Cherry, Save Tonight. It's a good song. Again, I don't know if it fits the show. This is a great. It's great, Bumpy. All right, if Paulie says so. Is it better than Four Not yes. Blonde? Yes, absolutely. Right. No doubt. Um, we've got Dave Ryan coming up here in about 10 minutes. Uh, before we get to Dave, though, there was a special guest on the uh, the Devo and Chris Joseph show today. Yeah, we had Jerry McNamara on. He was, uh, dare I say, uh, amazing. He was awesome. He usually is. 
Yeah, he, he's a great interview. Yeah, he. I mean, he. We literally broke down that entire run through the Big East tournament, and it came up in the chat the memory of those guys, like with their games. They remember every play. Yeah, like uh, I couldn't remember what we talked about on Monday on the show, <laughs> but these guys break down like I asked Devo about getting a a block called on him in it. it he knew exactly what play I was talking about. Jerry knew. Yeah, he's like that was a stupid play Eric made, you know. Yeah, and it was right. It it's it's amazing. They they were great. We have a chance to to listen back to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, you can watch it back at two p.m. right here on Q Sports. Jordan did a, a bang up job oh, of producing gosh. the show. Played the wrong. We we threw to the video we of uh, Jerry hitting the shot at the Garden against uh, Cincinnati. And Jerry, he played the Jerry drops one on G Town. <laughs> there, uh, there were two video files with different names. Played the wrong one. They were the same file. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what happens. I wanted to ask Jerry about about that? Is you know what Jerry is part of Madison Square Garden's opening basketball montage for like they do a montage of the greatest moments, and Jerry McNamara is literally on the video. In the world's most famous arena. Yeah. That's crazy, right? It is crazy. It was a crazy run. I'll I'll never forget that. He also brought up a point that he averaged the same amount of points in the tournament that he did in the regular season, but he just was hit he hit big shots. Clutch shots, yeah. 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 And his assist numbers were up. He was uh, sure to share that with us. I uh I just celebrated my 24th year in this business. Uh, Monday was my anniversary of being yeah. hired. How do you not tell us that? And um, who would have bought you something? You look back on 24 years, like that is certainly top three for me in terms of things I've covered. Or how about I, the national championship is going to be 20 years? I know, I know. I wasn't there for the. I was not in person for the national championship. I was holding down the fort here, so I can't say that I covered the national championship. But yes, that is nuts. We're both getting old, Paulie. All right, you want to hear a little bit about the uh, yeah. upcoming team? Yeah, what do you, what you the got? Current team. He talked about the current team. He uh, talked about the duo of Joe Girard and Samir Torrance in the backcourt, and he says one guy is going to be more comfortable, and the other is going to show you something that you have not seen from them before. Joe and Samir playing the way that they did together, and Joe being off the ball more, um, I think, was exciting for him because now he got put into a role that he's probably most comfortable in, which is primary yeah. score. Um, aggression level goes to 100 um, as opposed to you know making sure everybody's tasting it and, and, and touching the basketball. So I'm excited for his year. I'm, I'm really, really excited for Samir because of how hard he's worked. And he's really changed his jumper in the few months that we've been working um, it's like drastic. You can see, like the like the first shot he's going to take, people are going to be like, "Wow, that's a lot different." Um, yeah. I'm really happy about, and he did it quick. Like he he did it really fast. Um, so we made some changes there, but two great kids that have worked really hard that have kind of earned the right to take the next step in their process. And um, with a young group, you you expect those guys to be at the forefront of what you're capable of doing. I'm looking forward to seeing that backcourt next year. Yeah. And then you throw in Judah Mintz. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you've got, there, there's some pieces there. Right. And, you know, it, it's going to be fun. I think Syracuse basketball will be fun next year. I'm excited to see this new jumper. 
He said the first shot Simeer takes, you'll be like, wow, that's a lot different. I want to see it. That's the big thing that's missing, right? I mean, he can beat anybody off the dribble. Yeah. Got to be able to shoot the ball, too. Jerry kind of went in a different angle on this next thing. Like, I had asked him about how he prepared. How do you prepare freshmen for Jim Beheim? You know, and like with what Benny went through. And, and he kind of led into, you know, Benny's development also. It's not always easy. And the one thing that Benny has said all year is how honest everybody's been with him. And it's no different. I heard him say it's. They are no different than they were in the recruiting process. So when, when you know, Red's talking to him and he's telling him, like, dude, I'm going to work with you every day. You know what he's done with him? He's worked with him every day. So if you don't believe in the process that you are getting better, then it's easy. That's an easy decision. But if you're bought into where you are in, in, in this particular moment, in the present, and you're buying into the process of you becoming a better player and you feel it and you watch – like I, coach said, you know, and I he know he caught a, he caught a lot of backlash, like people up here sarcastically, when it was late in the season. He's like, well, Benny had his best practice. He did. Like Benny started to piece together his best practices late in the year, because like I said earlier, when I got here, like, oh my god, this is fast. It's physical. This is different speed. It's interesting. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I did have somebody tell me the other day um, that. Just watch when, you know, Benny's going to be great next year and he's going to prove you guys wrong, like meaning me and you. And I said, hang on, hang on, hang on. You don't have to tell us who, but like what category is this person in? I'm just going to leave it like that. Somebody we all know said he's going to prove you guys wrong. And my response was, like, I hope he's great, number one. And if he's great, that doesn't mean we were wrong. No, yeah. What we were talking about was what – was going on last year. Right. If he's great this year, we'll let you great. know he's great. Yeah. You know? Right. Be great. I'm not going to lie to people. Yeah. You might not know this, but uh, even though the, he can't hit a jumper in warmups, he's awesome. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. you know, I like, know. So, anyway, I just want to throw that out there that, you know, if he's great next year, does not mean we were wrong. We'll jump on the bandwagon, but yeah. he was not great no. this year. All right. Anyway, had Demotion. to get that out of the way. QSportsTalk.com. Right. 2, 2 o'clock. p.m. Jerry told a story where he had to ask, what is this show rated? What is this? And Devo said, give us the X-rated version, Jerry. Not sure he knows what X-rated means, but you got to get there, there at 2 there, p.m. for that There story. were a lot of uh, good stories. He told us, yeah, he told a story about uh, Jim Beheim meeting his uncle, which is hysterical. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there, there meeting, were a lot of- Meeting Jerry's uncle, Yeah, Yeah, and there was a lot of- Great, you know, behind this. Jerry talked about the recruiting process, and I, I had never heard that story before. He told a story about meeting Mike Hopkins for the first time. That's really funny. He gave us the lowdown on why Coach Beheim felt the need to do the 10 effing games right Yep, yep. Got a lot. All right, I'm I'm ready. I yeah. w- I'm hooked. There's I want to watch. A lot of uh, stuff uh, learned. So stay tuned on QSportsTalk.com right after our show, 2 o'clock. Uh, Jerry McNamara with Chris Joseph, Eric Devendorf, and... One other programming note, tomorrow we start, uh, Steve and I have a new show on Q Sports Talk that we'll do weekly called Inside the Orange, and we'll have people on that uh, you don't normally hear about from uh, Syracuse Athletics, and our first guest will be Pete Moore, who uh, handles a lot of the basketball operations. Sports information director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll learn about that, uh, what he does. I've known Pete since my college days. He was at at Ithaca when I was there. have you known longer? Pete Moore or our next guest, Dave Ryan? 
Uh, Pete, that's right? a, 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 well, no, because I I actually worked at Channel Three for Dave while I was in college, <gasps> oh. so it's about the same. Oh, look at that! So I've known Dave that length of time as well. So Dave Ryan joins us next on ESPN Radio.